Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, Livestock friends, to this edition of Before the Bid Podcast. And on this one, we are going out to Yuma, Colorado, and we're going to talk about some show cattle here. And on the line, I've got an insurance agent that is having his fifth online sale. And this young man is a third-generation cattle producer and rancher. And he comes to us now, and he is out of the NICU. He and his wife, Courtney, just had a baby boy here on the 18th of August. So uh, we want to hear a little bit of a story about that. And on this podcast, we're going to Unger Show Cattle, and we're going to talk with Britt Unger from Yuma, Colorado. And Britt, sounds like things are pretty busy around there. You got Barrett that showed up in the world, and you got this sale getting ready. And uh, how are you keeping things together, man? Yeah, hey, Andy. Uh, It's been plenty busy around here, and I guess it's been a little hectic trying to keep things rolling, but we've had a good support system from friends and family keeping cattle fed and work and keeping things rolling around here while we've been getting Barrett healed up and trying to get him home, so... We're just taking it one day at a time, and we're getting through it. Right. Well, that sounds good. Well, first things first, let's talk about family. Let's let's talk Courtney and Barrett just a minute. And uh, Barrett's kind of had a little bit of a rough start coming in. Yeah, it started out kind of an emergency deal. We rushed up to Denver, and he was born the next morning. So we didn't really know what that would entail and with everything going on, being the sale season and everything else in the daily life or a month later now and we're on the home stretch of it i think so like i said a lot of friends and family that have been real supportive and helped us get through it and help things at home stay on track so i guess the set of calves this year look really good thanks to a lot of people putting some extra hours in Right. And so you had him on uh, August 18th. And as we record here, he is he is still in the NIC unit, but getting ready to come home, like I said, as we record here in the next week or so. Is that right? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, it's one day at a time type of situation there when you're in the NICU for sure. But that's what we're shooting for right now. Hopefully here in the next week, we'll have everybody home and get our lives back on track and try and get caught back up with everything going on. Right. Now, are the nurses going to clear him for fence building or cattle driving or cattle clipping when he gets out of there? (laughs) Uh, I think all the above. I've been telling him he's got work to do when he gets home, so. They've got to quit holding him up in there laying around all day. He can't get too used to that. We've got things to things to get done when he gets home. <laughs> I'm sure they look at you kind of funny uh, when you start talking about yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they catch the drift of that from ag base or not, but 
Right. Well, you've got a got a picture on your Facebook page there of the baby younger coming and, and got the little onesie there and, and got some combs and clippers and that sort of thing and bring him in and get him ready to go as soon as he hits the door, right? Yeah, we're ready to get him home and get on with the everyday life. I think he's excited to get outside for the first time in his life. Right. I think that'll help him a lot too. Get some fresh air and smell the cow pens outside and <laughs> That does everybody a lot of good. Yeah, it does. And I'm sure that's kind of what you look forward to when you make those drives back and forth there to Denver and <laughs> finally get back home. And, and you're like, man, here here I am. I'm at the feed yard or I'm at the cow lot or, or whatever it is. Yeah, getting fresh air and out of the downtown Denver. That sure is refreshing to get back home for a few days at a time. And what it has been the past month. But coming home to look at the set of cabs we got this year makes it extra exciting to pull in the yard. Right. And we're going to get to those here a little bit later. But first, Britt, tell us a little bit about the history there, the ranch and, and the operation and, and kind of what the background is of that operation. Okay, yeah. So I'd be third generation farming ranch out here in Yuma. My grandpa and dad grew up doing same thing I'm doing, farming, ranching, and all of that. We've got about close to 1,000 cows we're running right now. and got a feedlot, feeding mostly our stuff there, and running the cow-calf operation, and farming row crops, corn and wheat primarily out here, and then show cattle operation. Got about right around 100 of those that we'll try and raise every year. And take the top end of those and put them in the sale that we're having here on the 27th. Yeah, we hadn't even talked about the about the row crop. You guys do a lot of row cropping? Do a little bit more based towards the ranch side of things and running cows, but we do farm a little bit and have some corn and wheat, things like that. A lot of that will go back into the feedlot and run through the cattle on feed there. Okay. What's your cow-calf operation consist of? you got a lot of cows running around there. Yeah, we, we keep plenty busy there. Half of those would be red Angus-based, and then the remainder of them would be just black commercial cows, and then my wife and I have younger show cattle, which consists of right around 100 of those that would be primarily embryo transfer, and then about a quarter of calves off of that would be AI calves and natural calves out of the donors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, are you using the big part of the other cattle? Are you using quite a few of those for some of the recepts? Oh, you know, we try and keep things separate, and it's a little easier to manage, but we do use a handful of those commercial cows for recips. Most of the time when we get recips pushed into that the show cattle side of things, we'll tend to keep them there for a little while until they happen to come up and don't stick the following year. Then we'll get thrown back into the commercial side. But I like to keep things separate and a little more labor-intensive watching that side of them when they're calving and mm-hmm. everything else. Take a little more time, a little more management, so I like to keep them separate. That way we can do the best that we can with them. Right. And you guys have a whole lot of things going on around there, the feedlot and the cows and the in the row crop and things like that. Who all is involved in this operation that uh, helps you guys get everything taken care of? Primarily just family operation. Got my grandpa, he's kind of the main face of the feedlot there and manages that for the most part. And then my dad and I were running the cow-calf side, and my brother, he's a big help. Him and his wife have had a lot of influence here on me, and growing up and everything else, they've stepped up big time helping keep things in line while I've been up taking care of Barrett and Denver and 
But primarily, it's just a family operation. We've got a couple guys that work full-time helping us out here. But other than that, it's just a family deal. Mm -hmm. Pretty much you guys just getting after it. Now, you and your brother, you guys were kind of partner on some of these cattle and, and kind of started the, the show cattle thing. Am I, am I right with that? Uh, yeah. Well, when we started it, my siblings were big into the hog deal. And so we were chasing that for the longest time. And then I decided I wanted to try out the cattle side of things and started showing steers and progressively got more competitive with that. And he's five years older than me. And he actually went and bought a group of cows from a guy that's more clubby bred than what we'd traditionally had around here. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of partners going into the first couple of years and building things up and three years ago i think it was bought him out of that he decided to stay more on the commercial side and wasn't really wanting to chase the show cattle side of things quite as hard as i was so we split ways there but he still help with everything and all that but now it's just my wife and i and so now we're just trying to grow it every year and keep these cattle getting better and better right he didn't go back to the hog deal at all did he no, no, he did a little bit, messed around with a few gilts there for a couple of years, but I think he got burnt out on that. Okay, so once you guys got to the cattle side, why well, he stayed on that side instead of going back into the pig venture, huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> to some, that's probably a smart move. Uh, others might think it's not a smart move, huh? <laughs> yeah, depends who you talk to, I guess. Right. Yeah, Sticking to the cattle side of things for now, so uh-huh. maybe he'll get a wild hair once his kids get showing and he'll get back into the hogs, but I guess we'll see. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I guess two things. I guess I want to ask you about some of your breeding philosophies here. One, what do you guys do with the commercial cows and the red Angus cows? Do you guys AI those? Do you turn out bulls with those? Uh, what's your What's your breeding on those? Well, on the Red Angus cows, we'll AI a handful of those, build replacement heifers out of. Mm -hmm. The rest of those, we'll cover those with either purebred Red Angus bulls or Charlay bulls. Okay. The black cows will run primarily Charlay bulls on all those. Most of those will go on feed. Mm -hmm. We don't really AI any of the black commercial cows, but use a handful of them for resets. Right. Other than that, most of those will just go into the feed yard. Okay go from there what's your show cattle breeding philosophy are you guys geared mainly towards show steers you geared mainly towards show heifers what's your uh, philosophy on that or or your your goals with that yeah we're primarily based raising show steers right now every once in a while we'll make a pretty darn nice show heifer on accident (laughs) we're starting to flush a couple of those donors that way more maternal to keep some of those back into the herd so we'll have a few of those uh, more maternal bred type of females running around but for the most part we're raising show steers and that's the main goal okay right and some of those when they hit and they're a heifer why uh, maybe you're not upset but when they grow up and they're a good one why it's kind of nice isn't it yeah exactly well, you've got a couple donors that you're you're flushing on and, and putting back into some of those cows, and we've got one or two donors that have a couple of the calves in this sale. So I want to give you a little bit of time to kind of highlight those donors and, and tell us about those. Okay, yeah, we've got uh, four donors that were flushing pretty hard and using aggressively into the embryo transfer herd. First one would be an I-81 and only. She's a rockle face cow that came from Paulson's here five or six 
years ago, I think it was, and she's been extremely influential to the herd. Well, I guess this year alone, she's got six calves in this sale. We've got females out of her that are back in production in the herd, and a couple of those have calves in this sale. So she's been a big part of growing the operation and making the right kind for what I like, I guess. But uh, uh, You call her 206, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she'd be the 206 donor. So you can see her listed on there. That's her story and been a big part of what we've been doing. Okay. Should you go ahead with the second one? Okay. The next one I'll talk about would be the 410 cow. She's a Huda man, bleeding purple. That bleeding purple that she cow that she's out of came from Bicklin Show Cattle up west of us here, and that cow just made a slew of good ones. And this Huda man cow's I don't know, I might be biased, but I think she's the best one that I've seen out of her. And she hasn't disappointed in her, put her into production. She makes them sound, makes them hairy, stout. That cow is just incredible to look at. I mean, if you look at her in person, you wouldn't hesitate to buy any of those calves out of her. Mm-hmm. I've flushed her a couple different ways, and everything seems to work pretty well. I haven't gone maternal with her yet, but... Her full sister, who the Vicklins still have, raised the Supreme Heifer in Denver here three years ago, I believe it was. So we're going to gear her that way a little bit and maybe keep those for ourselves. Maybe, I don't know, we might get rid of a couple of them. I haven't decided yet, but definitely wouldn't mind having those genetics stay around here. <laughs> right, if a full sister can raise that one, why why not breed her maternal and keep some of those? That sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Next one would be a 401 cow. She's a MAB, Northern Improvement. Mm-hmm. That cow is just super stout and rugged built and great set of feet and legs on her. She's bred to be a little clubbier, but, I mean, that one's just incredibly good looking and a little more moderate and geared toward making the show steers, and she's done that really well. Mm-hmm. I've had, uh, had a handful of calves out of her, and they feed nice. We've had success with them. There's a few few of those on the sale this year. I think three or four of them that look really good. Maybe the best ones we've had out of her, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the last one I'd talk about would be the 462 cow. She's a purebred Charlet. be a firewater ice bucket. Mm-hmm. She was a high seller out of the Dakota Classic four years ago. And to this point, we've only had monopolies and a couple here i am and they've been great i think the steers have averaged right around eight thousand. and last year there was a monopoly heifer out of her that pulled for seventeen thousand, and has done some good for herself out there and uh this year their tag 18 and 19 are out of her and i like a lot of things about those ones but that cow's another one that just phenotypically incredible i mean huge feet and legs and about as stout as one as you can make been a big part of what we're doing around here mm-hmm it sounds like she's had some success in selling some good ones for you. Yeah, she has. She's worked about every way that we've done her, and those calves have gone on and fed out really well. And I'm excited to see what some of the females out of her will do. But we're just getting a couple of those back into production, so we're going to find out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about two of those daughters here in just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, anxious anxious to hear about those. And, and also, you went and purchased a, a pretty nice bull to clean up some of these cows with. Yeah, that bull would be a turton out of a yellow jacket heat wave cow from Dave Duello. Yeah, a couple of those bulls. I picked the one, I guess, that I liked the most out of those. And 
this would be his first calf crop this year and he makes him awfully stout and good looking and keeps him sound and got plenty of hair on him i think he's got a bright future around here it's nice to be able to catch some of those cows that don't stick ai and clean them up with a bull like that and know that you're going to have some sellable cattle coming out of those but small sample that we've got from him this year they they look incredibly promising mm-hmm. and it's always interesting how many of those might be better than some of those ai bred ones right yeah exactly that's kind of fun to see <laughs> put in a bunch of embryos and ai all these cows and then you get a nice bull like that to run on them over the summer and it's been fun to see these calves grow out of that bull and know that you've got some quality coming on the, those cows that don't stick ai that's a good feeling to have right just a good enough bull that you still got a chance with some of those to to make saleable cattle out of them is is always always fun and, and always interesting yeah exactly well, Britt, anything else that we need to know about the about the history, about the operation, about how you guys do things around there before we start talking about some of these calves here in the sale on September 27th? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, as far as the show cattle deal go, I've built this cow base around the kind that I like, which I like them a little stouter maybe than the next guy, but I think every calf out here has got a really good set of feet and legs on them, and they can all get out and move. And that's the most important part when you can keep that on them and add a little extra shape and dimension and that's the kind that i really like and that's the kind i'm trying to make and that's what we're gearing toward well i am fired up to hear about these cattle that are going to be in this sale out of these donors and, and out of some of these bulls that you talked about but we got to take just a short break because we want to thank one of our sponsors for this podcast Lean and Tree Greeting Cards has been an American tradition since 1949 when their first Christmas cards were sold to Western farmers and ranchers. Their headquarters in beautiful Boulder, Colorado is home to all the creation, production, and distribution of their products. This family-owned and operated business thrives on their mission, which is simply to bring the best art and words together in a way that touches your heart. They do this by offering over 3,000 unique greeting cards in a multitude of themes including a large selection of Western cards for everyday occasions and major holidays. All of the artwork used are original creations by independent artists from across the country and around the world. Today, Lean and Tree ships over 20 million greeting cards a year and distributes to thousands of retail outlets across the country and internationally. Shop their website at www.leanandtree.com for all your greeting card needs. Lean and Tree, America's favorite greeting cards. Well, we're back here with Britt, and we have, again, the Unger Show Cattle Sale, and it is going to be on SC Online Sales on September 27th. And, Britt, where can they go to find some information on some of these cattle and a little bit more about maybe the ranch and the operation and things like that that we could lead them to here if they're not looking on SC? Maybe they're listening to the podcast and they want to look at some of those things that you guys do. Where can they find out some of that information? Yeah, we've got Facebook page, Younger Show Cattle, and we try and keep that updated as much as we can. It's been a little bit of a struggle here this year with everything going on, but here moving forward, we're going to try and keep updated with all the calves in the sale and get some videos and pictures of those calves that will be on there. Follow me on Snapchat. That's BMU23 is my Snapchat name, and I try and put videos and pictures on there as well. Pretty much now leading up to the sale, they want to follow us on Facebook, then we try and keep everything on there and keep people updated. 
Okay. You get, you've got some really neat stuff up there on the Facebook page. So just want to encourage everybody to go check some of that out. Also leading up to the sale, you guys have an open house there at the ranch. Yeah, it'll be the 26th. So that sale's going to be the Monday of the 27th. We'll have an open house on the 26th and have those calves all out and run available for viewing and they're available to come look at any time from now until sale time but that's kind of the day we like people to come out and that way we can be sure and be around and talk to everybody and get to know everybody coming to look through them and have all those calves looking good for people to look at but that'll be on the 26th of september so look forward to seeing everybody and having a good for the open house there okay do we have a big cookout or anything planned for the open house yeah, we typically do have a big lunch and dinner and everything else. I'm not sure how that's going to look this year where things have kind of been twisted up here the last month, but I'm sure we're going to have food and drinks and be ready to get to know and meet everybody that comes through and looks at cattle, and it'll be well worth your time to come look at them. We think this is an awfully good set. And if we can't make it on the 26th, but we can make it earlier because we're rolling through there for something else, uh, would it be all right to get a hold of you, stop and see those cattle about any time? Yeah, you bet. Those calves will be available for viewing any time now up until sale time. Okay. We're getting them all clipped out again and picture on the 21st. So from now to the 27th, they'll be ready to look at. So just give me a call and we can set something up and make it work for whatever you're coming through. Right. Make sure you're around and, and not in Denver taking care of important things. Yeah, and even if I'm up there, or have got friends and family around here that have been super helpful. And so if somebody will be around at all times, it doesn't really matter when you're coming through. We can We can make it work. Okay. And you told us, but how far back and forth do you have to go to Denver? Oh, it's about two and a half hours up to the hospital where he's at right now. So been back and forth trying to stay caught up here and getting back up with my wife and son up there so been putting a few extra miles on the past month <laughs> right i can understand that but it gives you gives you time to talk on the phone to some of these guys that want to know about these cattle yeah exactly <laughs> you got you got some windshield time to get people called back and talk to all the calves so that's that's one plus of it sometimes that windshield time is not all bad time especially uh i'm sure you got a nice mountain view back and forth right yeah <laughs> going there anyway it gets a little flat coming back home but it'll change the scenery once you get up towards denver there for sure okay well where is yuma colorado or south of denver would you say about two and a half hours but but give us a few more reference points if you would we're about straight east of denver actually so about a 120 miles get out to the nebraska border and that's where yuma county starts and the city of Yuma is about 40 miles west of Nebraska border. So we're not too far from anybody that's coming from the eastern side, but we're kind of centrally located on the eastern plains there. A little bit up in the northeast corner, but right there in the Kansas-Nebraska border is where Yuma County starts. Okay, so if you're running out through there, why uh, hit Brit up and make sure you put that on your stop if that wasn't planned so he can get you fixed up there. So, Britt, you ready to talk about some of these cattle? Yeah, I think so. It's an exciting group. I'm ready to go through a handful of these. All right. Well, why don't we just start out at number one? We got a In God We Trust out of this snowball cow. 
Yeah, that thing, he's awfully incredible. I mean, that one, it's hard to make him the way that one is. I mean, he's huge back, square hip. The feet and legs on that calf are just incredible. He steps down square on all the corners and sits deep into his ankle. I mean, that one's just wide all the way through his skeleton up into his pins and cranks out a big, long neck. Good smoky color that everybody's been getting along with so well here lately. That snowball cow is She's working her way right up into the donor pen. Last year, she had a really nice here I am that he did a lot of things right, but uh, just needed a touch more belly to him. That's why I tried in God We Trust, and I think that was about the perfect way to do it. And mm-hmm. You come and look at that one in person, you'll be excited about him. Okay. Or uh, if you're not watching the podcast video, you can do that, uh, and we'll have a picture and, and videos up of him there. You can catch that. If you're not watching it already, you can catch that on our Facebook page. You can catch it on our YouTube channel. And as he talks about the rest of these, why, we'll flash those up as well. So let's go on to the lot two. we got a Fu Man Chew Steer. Yeah, that tag two and tag three are a couple of the full sibs out of that 206 donor be Fu Man Chews. They're both awfully nice. They're a little bit different type and kind. The tag two, he's just super good looking from the side, maybe a little more extended out of his front end. That one's another one that's just super sound and square hipped. And he's probably got the best hair out of that flush mate on those ones, but that one's awfully nice. I think he's got a lot of things going for him. He's, cool thing about him, he's got kind of some frosted ears, so he's something that'll stick out with him. He's got a little different color pattern to him but not just something that crazy chromed up, but enough to him to make people look twice for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what they say about those short-eared ones? <laughs> no, they're, they're not frozen. They're just, his ears almost like a reverse short horn look. He's got white tinge all the way around the inside of his ears. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just going to brag about how tough he was if he if he's got those short ears and he made it through there. But uh, okay. no, we get plenty of those out here. <laughs> Having the first part of March in Colorado, it's not a real fun time. But that's why I take a little bit of your time out there babysitting during cabin season when you get get the blizzards rolling through. But luckily this year we were able to keep the ears on them all, so that, that helps the presentation on them for sure. Right. Right. Well, you talked about the the 401 donor, and she's got the lot four. Yeah, that he's incredibly nice. I mean, that's just a good good feeding type of one. Super sound, soft bodied. He just hits me like he's going to be an awfully good feeding one. I think he's a little bit bigger for somebody that's wanting a big woofy state fair sized one or an early county fair that's a calf that's going to work perfect for that he's hard to pick a hole in there's a lot of things right with him and he's got a full a couple siblings in there and they're all built pretty similar we've fed a bunch of those calves out of that cow and they just get better with time they feed out real nice they got some grow to them and just excited to see how these ones progress throughout the year this year Mm-hmm. And these are one oak sired calves, right? Yep, there's a couple one oaks, and then we've got a holy smoker out of that cow that is really nice. There's a tag 15 heifer who's a one oak out of that cow, and that one might be the best calf that cow's ever had. She's incredibly nice, just long and extended out of her front end. Moves back into a big square hip and put her on the move. She's got huge feet and legs and knows how to work them as good as any of them. So that's another one I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. We talked about the 206 donor. Why she's also got the lot five sired by who I am. 
Yeah, that here I am calf. He's another one that's just a little bigger. Going to be ready for a state fair time. Be a good one for an earlier county fair. That need an extra competitive one to go with. I mean, you talk about one with huge feet and legs. That's him. He's good cobra neck out of his front one third and. I mean, we all know how good those Here I Am cattle have been doing, and I think that one, he's got the build to him where that one's going to feed really well. Sold a full brother to him, to Brandon Horn, a couple of years ago, and the time he got fat, he just looked incredible. So I wouldn't hesitate to put my money on him by any means. Mm-hmm. You guys have been busy with this 206 donor because you've got some Here I Am, she got some Fu Manchu, and then the Lot 6 is a win in doubt out of her. Yeah, that win in doubt would be her natural calf. He might be a notch smaller than the rest of these due to the fact that he's only, I guess, two weeks younger than the rest of those. But he's a natural calf out of her this year. And I think we're going to have to start flushing her that way because that calf has a lot of good traits about him. His hair is anything out there. He's just stout and punchy and got big bone. He's one that's just going to be a good feeding type of calf that you can do about whatever you want with. He's awfully nice. Mm-hmm. Always nice when those donors can, can have you a really good natural one. Yeah, she's proven to be diverse for us and everything we've thrown at her. She put out a heck of a calf out of that mating, and I think that tag six is perfect example of that one. Hey, I her that way, just see what it would bring, and I mean, that's exactly what I was hoping for when I bred her that way. Mm-hmm. So are you going to flush her to, to him now? Is that what you said? I think I'm going to have to after seeing this one. <laughs> well, that's great. Those donors, that can, they can work on them all. So, And speaking of good donors, we talked about the 410 cow. She's the Huda man. Uh, she's the mother of the Lot 7 One Oak. Yeah, that Tag 7, that thing, I mean, he's yak-haired. His hair's just dripping off of him. And talk about one with perfect feet and legs on him. That's the one. He gets out and goes. Has an up-headed look. Head and neck comes straight out of the top side of his shoulder. He does all that. Still has a big square hip in him. And there's been a couple full brothers to him that have gone on and had some success. I like that one quite a bit. And he's got a full sister, the tag 17. And that one is, she'll blow you away. I mean, I could challenge anybody to go on and find a stouter featured and better haired heifer than what that one is. And she still does all that with has Sleek, good-looking front end. I mean, that heifer cattle, I mean, they're really not supposed to be built and look like her, but that one puts it all together, and she's really nice. Be interested in seeing her. Make sure you don't miss her. Tag 17 on the sale, so uh, make sure to check her out. Uh, A couple other females there that that you wanted to talk about. The Lot 13, we've got a In God We Trust on a Monopoly cow. Yeah. She's a gold-colored, super good-looking and got to be trust heifer. That one, I'd call her elite in her build. And you look at her, she's bold and robust her center body. And get her out on the move, and she flexes everything and sets them down right. I don't know if you want to make her a show heifer or go in a market show with her or just make her a donor cow, but I think she can do all the above. That one's got a lot of good about her, and her full sibs have brought upwards of 30,000 and gone on to have some success at state fairs. And then some maternal sibs that have gone on and won a bunch of shows. But yeah, that tag 13, I think that one is going to be pretty tough to miss if you come look through them. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go key, correct? Yeah, she could. She'll be low key. You've got that division now, and she'll show in that. So that's going to be a 
another avenue for her. Like I said, she's stout enough, big enough feet. She can go about however you want to gear. But yeah, that's another option for her. She can register key. Mm-hmm. You talked about the the 462 here, the the fire water ice bucket Charlet here, and and you've got two more heifers out of her. You got the lot 18 and 19. And man, I'm interested in hearing about them. Yeah, that 462 cow, she's done a lot of good. And, I mean, those calves have been consistent every time. Being that, having the Charlet influence, they feed nice, they grow, they get big enough. And had a heifer out of her last year, and that one's done a lot of good things. And so we've got a couple different matings out of her this year, the Tag 18 in God We Trust. And that one, she's a little more maternal looking than you would imagine being bred that way. She's super deep-sided and bull-dribbed. She sets her feet down and gets out and moves really good. That heifer, I mean, in the composite division, I think she can do a lot of good things there. Then you look at the tag 19, which would be a win in doubt out of the 462. And that one, she's a stouter made, maybe more geared towards the market heifer side of things, but one that's going to be functional and good-looking and easy-feeding and just plenty stout enough. She's going to be an easy keeper, and I see that one being awfully competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Help me make sense of this lot 20 and, and 21. Is my understanding right you're going to sell a choice of these two lots? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and offer choice of the tag 20 and 21. They're fair and squares out of that 004X cow which would be the dam to maternal maid and the new beginnings bull. I mean, just the genetic value of those alone, that maternal maid got $600,000 valuation and that new beginnings, $130,000 valuation. And there's three Fu Manchu heifers that sold out of that cow that averaged 19000 So these fair and squares match up pretty similar. There's a lot of things you can do with either one of those. They're both th and pha free so you don't have to worry about any of that with them so you can go in and try and make show steers with them or you can go back and do something more maternal make females being the irish whiskey cow that has had such success with raising maternal maid and all that but we're gonna we decided to go ahead and offer choice of those two you can go decide which one you like the best and go from there okay how long do we have to decide that if we go ahead and win that lot uh, I'd like to get that figured out shortly after the sale. So if you do win that lot, just give me a call and we can discuss those calves if you'd like or if you've got your mind made up and just let me know which one you're going to take and uh, and we'll go from there. But I think either one of those is going to be a really, really nice one. They're built a touch different. So give guys a couple different options depending on what their type of cattle are. But they're obviously bred the exact same and both THPHA free. So just comes down to what type and kind you want. Uh-huh. And out of the 004X, uh, Maternal Maids Dam. So genetics there, as you were talking about, and uh, anybody would be would be lucky to have those and, and get a hold of those. And like we talked earlier, why you sell one and you keep one, why, you know what, if the one that they took turns out to be better than the one that you get to keep, why that's great for them as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I decided uh, I definitely want to have one of those back incorporate into the herd, but putting everything out there this year, there's some of them heifers that 
probably shouldn't leave but given the year and everything that's going on right now we're putting everything into the sale and be a good opportunity for people to come take a look and take advantage of what we're putting out there i'm one of them's got to stay here but i'll let whoever wins that lot be the decision maker on which one does Mm -hmm. Sounds like a a great opportunity and a great lineup there. And make sure you do check those out there on September 27th on SC Online Sales. There's there's 11 steers and and 10 heifers. Am I right on that to choose from there on that sale on SC? Yep, that's it. Well, Britt, uh, I appreciate your time and, and appreciate you responding to Brandy on this. And I, I know you've been really busy and, and really crazy. And so I appreciate you setting aside some time for us to do this podcast. And, uh, man, is there anything else that, that these guys uh, need to know about the sale, need to know about the open house, need to know about the operation, anything like that before we wrap this thing up? No, I guess I just say this is uh, incredible set of calves we're putting out there this year and the traffic has been great so far and there's been a lot of guys come through and seem to be pretty excited about what we're presenting to them this year anybody who's got the chance to get out this way it'd be well worth your time for sure open house is on the 26th and we'll have food and drink that day it'd be a good time to get to know everybody that's coming through and other than that i just encourage everybody to check out this sale once it gets posted and give me a call if there's any questions or anything you want to know on any of the cattle okay appreciate you guys having me on here and spreading the word and keeping these podcasts going and keeping everybody informed on what's going on and all of that Oh, well, that's uh, that's what we enjoy, and we enjoy uh, helping guys get their cattle marketed and, and getting that connection from the from the seller to the buyer and, and buyer to the seller. And so we sure have had a lot of fun with it and had a lot of great guests. And, man, I appreciate you, Britt, uh, again, for coming on. And you don't just have to go look at the, the Unger cattle. Uh, you've got a neighbor right there that, that they can come look at, at a few more cattle. Their uh, sale is on the 27th as well, so uh, you could get down there and, and check those out anything you want to say about about those guys or those cattle well we've, we've kind of set it up to give people more of a reason to get out this way so we've got zorns their neighbors and they've got a heck of a set they're putting out as well so if you make it out this way it's not just one stop deal there's a couple different groups of calves you can come and look at and i think both of them are incredibly deep and there's a lot of good calves stirred up on that day out in this area so I think between the two of us, there be close to 50 of them sail on that night. And there's a handful of private treaties on both places and plenty of cabs to come out and make it worth your trip. Okay. Well, if you're listening to this the weekend before the sale, why go ahead and change your plans and plan to go out there to Yuma, Colorado and, and uh, check all these cattle out. Uh, again, Britt, want to wish you luck here on the sale. SC Online, September 27th, Yuma, Colorado. And again, Britt, we just want to thank you and wish you luck with that. And we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Before the Bid Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.